On January 11th, Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force Khalith Wright and retired General Larry Spencer spoke about mentorship to airmen on Andrews Air Force Base. The thing that stuck out to me the most was Chief's opening comments about listening to his fellow airmen. A week and a half later, Chief Wright sat down with me for a brief conversation about how Air Force leadership is listening and wants to make the correct changes, which includes a major announcement concerning WAPS testing for future senior NCOs. I'm Tech Sergeant Brad Sisson, and this is the Air Force Podcast. The Air Force Podcast. Uh, So first and foremost, let me say thank you for being who you are. Thank you for the things that you do for our great Air Force. I I would say that uh, more than at least any time that I can remember, it's a pretty good time to be in the Air Force. Uh, I think you have in in me, uh, the chief and the secretary, a leadership team that really cares about who you are, what you're doing, and trying to get after the things that you think are important. Uh, Our main responsibility, and I'll just speak for myself, Uh, My main responsibility is what I call squinting with my ears, right? I'm just here to listen. I'm here to listen to the things that are most meaningful to you and uh, also to help you put things in perspective. So listening doesn't mean that every time you say, hey, chief, I think we we need this, that I'll turn around and try to create this or fix this for you. Sometimes I can give you the why. Sometimes I can give you a perspective. Uh, Sometimes I'll tell you, hey, we all have to suck it up. I know you don't like it. I know it doesn't make sense, but we, we all have to suck it up. And that's, there are very few opportunities uh, that I'll do that. And what I really enjoy are the times when you say, hey, I think we need more of this, less of that, and I get to actually fix it. Chief Wright talks about listening to the force and understanding what's meaningful to enlisted airmen in his opening statements of his mentoring session. Following the event at Andrews, he sat down for a brief conversation about the thought process and impact of a major change in senior enlisted promotions. Welcome to the Air Force podcast. Um, first time, I guess, on the podcast. We've been trying to uh, get you in probably for the last year. So thank you. I appreciate you taking the time of your day to, to join us. Yeah, thanks for the invite. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting to be here. Yeah. So uh, you have a reputation of being an engaging leader, an engaged leader. Uh, airmen seem to be extremely receptive of your leadership style, uh, your personality. I mean, they've, they've even given you a nickname, but uh, I've been told I cannot reference it on the podcast. So um, the real question is, is how have you been able to connect with so many airmen and how can other leaders kind of do the same thing? Yeah, so I, I, I would say the key to... Uh, our success has been my ability to just be me, right? So I haven't changed a whole lot. Obviously, I've I've grown some since uh, you know on this leadership journey. But but mostly, uh, I try to be myself, and uh, I've always uh, been able to relate to uh, our airmen. I've always been able to relate to the the challenges and the struggles. I was a uh, a young airman who had struggles struggles myself. Um, so, you know, really I get the opportunity to, to be me, to enjoy, uh, the job. I have a good time doing it. And, and mostly, man, I have a fantastic team. I got a fast, fantastic team of professionals that, that, uh, allow me to, to get out and be all over the air force and, uh, make changes, uh, give me, provide me feedback. And in most cases, you know, we get an opportunity to get uh, what I would consider real-time feedback when we go out and visit airmen, and then uh, we get it right back to to our office and start working it. You know, sometimes right right after somebody passes it to us, uh, and then leveraging social media. So I mean, that's that's just been a game changer uh, for us. Yeah. yeah, I think all spectrum social media has kind of changed. You know, everything. 
as far as communicating and all that. So it's incredible. So you were talking about getting feedback from the field and, uh, you know, making changes when you need to. So, uh, during the last year, um, your teams have been super busy as you were just saying, uh, just to highlight some of the few things you've worked on, uh, A1C EPRs, OCPs, higher tenure. How, how are you able to make all these changes? So, again, it goes back to to the team of professionals, Um, you know, lots of folks working really hard behind the scenes. And uh, but maybe I would say the key to our success has been the relationship, the strong relationship that we built with uh, our A1 community, who really owns most of these programs uh, and uh, AFPC. Who, who, who also have a play in it and just uh, ensuring that we're all on the same page uh, going into these uh, discussions, decisions, not necessarily looking to win or lose, but making sure that we're doing what's best for all of our, our airmen across the force. But having uh, good relationships, uh, not just listening to the airmen and to the people who come up with these ideas, but actually listening to the action officers and the folks that, that are responsible and who've kind of seen this before and can give us the, the hey, here's going to be the second and third order effect. So we take all that into consideration, which is why some of the changes take a little bit longer than what people would prefer is because we really like to do our homework to make sure that uh, it's going to be beneficial for, for all of our airmen. Makes sense. So uh, I guess one of the main questions, that at least we've seen online, is what's next? What's next? <laughs> uh, so, so the big thing, uh, the big thing that that'll come up next is the elimination of uh, the testing uh, and WAPS testing for senior non-commissioned officers. Really? So, uh, any any uh, promotion process that where we have a board will will eliminate the the actual test. Uh, uh, the the PDG uh, and I and I know there's not everybody agrees not everybody thinks this is the greatest greatest idea but but same thing so we've been talking about this for about a year and a half now uh, we've done uh, a lot of research uh, a lot of uh, data mining on what the potential impact and outcome will be and what it really uh, came down to is in order for for me and every commander and senior leader in the Air Force you know what gives us the greatest level of confidence that we're promoting the right people. And uh, we feel pretty confident in the board process uh, that, that we have where we sit down and we look at five years worth of performance reports. We look at the entire uh, portfolio of decorations and then other data, data verification brief and surf and, and some of those other things. And uh, we feel pretty confident that we can select the right leaders based upon their performance and what they've done uh, in terms of how well they've led the level of job responsibility, breadth of experience, and all those things that we look at on a, on a board. <clears throat> and so we really no longer need uh, the test. And, and uh, so, so again, you know, we, we've, uh, we've looked at this in all different ways, gotten a lot of ways and gotten a lot of feedback. And uh, so we'll, we'll remove that. So, Chief, why do you think getting rid of the senior NCO WAPs is a good thing for the Air Force? Yeah, so I think it's a good thing uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one is I'm uh, very confident in the process, the board process that we use to select our our senior leaders. Um, so we, you know, we take a look at five years worth of performance data and then an entire career's worth of decorations. So, so really, an entire career's worth of uh, performance data and then you know other things through the the, the basic information. Uh, and I, again, I feel pretty confident that 
the the information that we use, the process that we have, uh, gives us the highest level of confidence that we're selecting the right individuals uh, for promotion. And frankly, uh, we no longer need, need the test as a discriminator. <clears throat> as a um, one of the things that we realize with with testing is um, you could be an average to below average performer and test your way into a promotion that you probably don't deserve. You can be an excellent uh, performer and test your way out of a promotion that you likely uh, deserve. And, and so we wanted to eliminate that bit of inconsistency in the process. And oh, by the way, one of the fringe benefits, I would say, is, man, we get to uh, give senior non-commissioned officers a ton of time back. So most of us, I would say, spend anywhere from four to eight months studying, preparing, really memorizing the things from uh, the the PFE. Uh, Now you can use that time to focus on family, your own personal resilience, uh, taking care of your airmen, your cat, your dog, whatever whatever things you want to do at that time. Uh, but but primarily, I think this is a good thing because, uh, again, it, it really focuses, you know, who we're promoting to our, our highest ranks. Um, it focuses, the, it places the focus on their performance, what they've actually done in the career, the, those things that we, that we value. Um, and so, uh, and like I mentioned before, there will be, <clears throat> I think, some dissenting opinions, which is okay, and we've taken all that in, into consideration, but... Um, for the most part, uh, our data has shown us that this is the right move for the Air Force right now. So speaking of taking care of ourselves, uh, we recently heard you speak about airman resilience. Could you talk a little bit about putting your mask on first message? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, really, uh, I took this this theory from, you know, when you get on an airplane and, and the flight attendant um, when they, they tell you, hey, if this cabin loses pressure, a mask will drop down from the ceiling and you should put your mask on first because if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of your kid or whoever's sitting next to you. And so same philosophy. I think we spend so, um, so much time as leaders taking care of our airmen, taking care of our teammates, being good wingmen, taking care of our bosses and our commanders. And uh, sometimes we neglect uh, ourselves in terms of being resilient and getting the right amount of exercise and focusing on our nutrition and sleep and all of those things. And uh, I recently heard uh, a commander, we had a uh, command chief training course last week, and one of the commanders said, hey, as a leader, people are, will always be looking to plug into you so that they can get, you know, so that they you can feed them, whether it's motivational information or inspiration or whatever it is. <clears throat> and when they plug into you, you got to have something in the tank. Um, and so uh, I, I really think it's important for all of us. Um, it, so we talk a lot about being good wingmen and taking care of each other and all this other stuff. And, and sometimes we forget we forget to take care of ourselves um, because it, it won't just happen uh, through osmosis. You're not just going to wake up and be in shape. Uh, yeah. You're not just going to show up to the dinner table and then there's a healthy meal. Yeah. Uh, so it's something you have to be deliberate and purposeful uh, about. And, and, I, and I just think sometimes we forget about taking care of us. And, and, I, and I absolutely don't mean this in a selfish manner, right? So, hey, let me just, I, I'm not going to worry about you, Brad. I'm, I'm going to take care of me. But, but really, in order for me to be the best supervisor, in order for me to be the best leader, uh, I really have to make sure that uh, I'm taking care of myself as well. So do you have any other leadership advice at all uh, that you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, maybe something you had to learn either the hard way that, you know, that could benefit 
anybody? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, probably uh, one of the most important um, thoughts about leadership that, that I have is uh, you have to know yourself, right? You have to know your strengths and your weaknesses so that you can really play to your strengths. I mean, you can't really perform from a place of place of weakness, to, to, to be honest. And uh, oftentimes, you know, I ask leaders in different forums, you know, what are you really good at? And uh, sometimes they speculate. Uh, and then I ask them, you know, how do you know that? Well, my wife told me or my airman told me or my supervisor uh, told me. So sometimes it's, it's really worth investing in uh, a little bit and understanding who you are, what you bring to the table uh, as a leader so that you can know what areas need to work on. Because, again, leadership doesn't happen through uh, osmosis. I mean, it's something you have to work at. You have to be deliberate about. Uh, I love this idea that leaders, I used to say leaders are readers. Now I'm, uh, I kind of changed that to leaders are learners, right? So some people are not big readers, but I recently, within the last couple of years, started listening to podcasts and, and uh, audio books and other, other ways. But, uh, you know, I think it's pretty important that if you want to be a great leader, just like if you want to be a, a great mechanic or a logistician or personnel, or something, you have to work at it. It doesn't just just, just happen over, overnight. Um, and and when, it, when it comes to, you know, leading and motivating and inspiring uh, people, uh, kind of three three basic rules for me. Try to set high standards, uh, so so no no sloughing uh, high standards for regardless of how you look, how you dress, um, how you deal with customers. You know, um, all, all those good things. Uh, insist people measure up to those high standards, and that's where the real work comes in. You know, that's where you got to motivate and teach and train and inspire and encourage. You know, all those things that we learn in in leadership training. And then uh, probably the most important component of, of my leadership philosophy is, man, you got to model the behavior you expect of people. So you can have these high standards. You can preach and teach about, yeah, you got to, you know, um, uh, meet these standards. But, but then I have to model uh, those standards. So I can't ask my folks to do anything that I'm not willing to do. Well, I appreciate the chi- time, Chief. It's, uh, I don't know. I, like I said, we've been trying to get you here for the last year. <laughs> Um, and it's, I, I don't know, I never would have thought even as a young airman, I'd be sitting at this table, you know, interviewing the chief master of the air force on a podcast, which is one of my passions. So, yeah. um, thank you again. I appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem. I have a question for you actually. Yes, chief. Uh, what advice would you give to not only me as chief master of the air force, but any of our emerging leaders? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Put you on the spot. Ooh, that's. That's an excellent question, Chief. I'm not uh, too sure. Um, hmm. I'll tell you what, think about it, and then uh, uh, I'll make a promise to you. I'll come back uh, sometime in this first quarter. Uh, Perfect. I'll definitely have a question then to think about because that's uh, actually, yeah, put me on the spot. Sorry, Chief. <laughs> no problem. All right. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. The Air Force Podcast.